Hello everybody and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of week of November 18th through November 24th. I'm your host, Colin McIsaac. As always, I'm joined by Alex Plant and Ben Lamoureux. But uh, I wanted to announce that uh, we're very, very sorry. This week we had an awesome discussion for you guys. It was one of our favorite episodes, but uh, my computer freaked out and it deleted my recording. And so uh, I've done all I could in the editing process to sort of... Uh, account for that so hopefully you guys if you listen closely will be able to hear what i'm saying but i'm gonna be a lot quieter than the other guys and uh drowned out by some background noise uh sometimes so uh those of you who are really really dedicated and interested to hear what we have to say for this week's discussion which is uh things just about nintendo in general that we're thankful for that people don't really talk about a lot um so it you know i th i think it was a really interesting discussion and uh if you're a fan of the show i really really uh would hope that you uh stay and listen and try try to plow through and bear with the uh the big audio issue uh this episode but uh i understand if you can't it is pretty hard um so i we're very sorry about that we're we're thankful for those of you who like the show enough to keep watching and keep supporting us. So, uh, yeah, um, for those of you who, who do want it, uh, here you go. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll give you the episode anyway. So, thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. What he said. Yeah, you know, he's really the kind of guy that went above and beyond the call as the CEO and just did a lot of things that you wouldn't expect in order to reach out and connect with the fan base. And he was just a very special person. It's it's not hard to see why he was so loved. Yeah, and even looking beyond his skill as a businessman and his skill at reaching out to fans, you know, we, we talked about this in the last episode briefly, but, but he identified as an otaku in his younger years. <laughs> so, and, and you know, a, a good way of connecting this back to gaming is if if you've ever listened to his Heart of a Gamer speech, which I recommend everyone who's ever had any affection for Satoru Iwata should, should listen to that speech. He talks about how he was a gamer first, and then a developer, and then a CEO. Uh, it, it's not sort of the, the reverse like a lot of people sort of imagine him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it, in, in a way, it sort of reminds us that he is just like us. 
<laughs> I guess that means I'm first. So this one's actually kind of personal. Um, I am thankful, and some of you who have listened to me rant about Zelda might be surprised by this, but I am thankful for The Wind Waker. Uh, it came out when I was a freshman in high school, and actually during right before a really hard time in my life, actually. Um, I got really sick toward the end of my freshman year. Like, I was stuck in a wheelchair for a little while uh, with, like, debilitating pain and debilitating muscle weakness. So I was a homebody for a little while uh, at the end of my freshman year, and I hadn't picked up Wind Waker yet, but a friend of mine took me to the store and said, I'm going to buy you a video game. And I was like, oh, I'll play the new Zelda game. And... I was never really that excited for it. I know a lot of people were like really turned off by the art style, but I was never in that camp. Uh, I just wasn't super excited for it, but it turned out that that was just the ticket. Uh, it was this very lighthearted, very approachable, very like feel-good sort of game. And, uh, and it managed to achieve that feeling while still giving you that bold sense of adventure, like sailing the high seas. Uh, so it was a very empowering game and a very... Uh, happiness-inducing game. And that's exactly what I needed at the time. So I'm very thankful for the Wind Waker. And uh, I'm happy to play the Wind Waker HD, which makes it much more approachable as, a, as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the first thing that popped into my... Oh, I doubt I can top that, that but uh, I can I can throw out something of my own. Um, the the first thing that came to my mind is just you know one of the things that I remember loving most about Nintendo games growing up, and it's something that's still true today. And it, it it's almost more rare today, making it a you know kind of a more valuable thing. Is that Nintendo has just always had such a focus on local multiplayer, and you know it, with all the other companies. It's everything is switched to online, which you know is you know it's great for business. Multiplayer games are great and everything, but there's there's just nothing to be like sitting down on the couch with a bunch of friends and you know playing Smash Bros or Mario Kart in person and just being able to trash talk and have a good time with people in person, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know one of, one of my first uh, like video game experiences was playing the multiplayer of Super Mario Kart. You know when I was like four years old or something. And it's it's just great that in 2015 I can still you know sit down on the couch with a friend and play the new Mario Kart side by side. Right. 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 Yeah, and absolutely. You know, from a from a business point, it's it's frustrating to a lot of people. I'm sure that they don't do as much online multiplayer as they should. But I've always favored local multiplayer. So for me, you know, it, it's a trade off that I could uh, I could get behind. I guess. You know, it's funny that you talk about the trade-off because I remember there was a brief period during like the the early two thousands where Nintendo was releasing like the first online console games. Like I think Fantasy Star Online uh, was on Nintendo platforms, but that had an offline as well as an online component. Uh, Mario Kart DS is another good example. The first system with Wi-Fi, and uh, it also had local multiplayer and its sort of big online game. Uh, so. You know, 
there's a time when we were growing up when they were pioneering online, but they were still uh, very faithful to, to local multiplayer. And I'd, I'd love to see that continue. You would have had your memories. excuse now that digital distribution's a thing. No excuse now that Colin's an adult. <laughs> yeah, Colin can appreciate it, so it's 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 time to release it. <laughs> okay. uh, Alex. I am thankful for Nintendo gimmicky hardware. Yeah. Um, it has produced tons of experiences that you would never have seen otherwise, like Wii Sports, Wii Fit, or the two obvious ones, uh, Metroid Prime with pointer controls, which, you know, as soon as we... Exactly. That was... that Objectively, I totally agree. Uh, the control is so much more fluid and sort of fulfills the, the wishes everyone had when they first were introduced to motion controls uh, with the Wii Remote. Um, we totally lived up to my expectations, so love that. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's a rough transition for me too. Um, like I'm not even playing any. I haven't played in a long time, but I've been playing Splatoon even, uh, and and not having the the gyro uh, control has been really killer for me. Um, The sad thing is that I'm playing... I have a PS4 now, and I'm playing Tearaway Unfolded. Uh, and, and, you know, this kind of talks on how wide the impact of Nintendo's move has been. That, that the PS4 controller, you, it tracks your motion well enough that you, they could very well achieve that kind of aiming system with PS4. 
Um, like Tearaway Unfolded does tons of stuff with its controller that I never would have expected to ha would happen on a PlayStation controller, and I don't, I don't see that as having happened had Nintendo not been experimental in the first place. It takes a developer like Media Molecule who actually cares about these things to make that happen. Yeah. And it... I think in particular the responsibility falls heavily on Activision since they're very much leaders in this space at this point. Uh, and they are, they've shown that they're capable of doing motion controls. Like they've done it on Wii, they did it on Wii U. Um, but they have been very reluctant to even add the options on these other platforms. And that's, uh, and, and PS4 in particular, because it's, it's so easy to do it just with the standard controller. Um, and, you know, maybe if they were leading the way, others would follow, but they're not. You know, and in addition to just the the fun that Nintendo fans have been able to have with these, you know, sort of gimmicky hardware ideas that Nintendo has come up to, uh, it's it's really innovated in the industry and inspired other things. Like you know, you've seen Sony and Microsoft uh, both implement motion controls with their consoles because of Nintendo's success with the Wii, and then you know you've seen how like touch controls on DS has just sparked this explosion of you know touch gaming on tablets and things like that. And you can go back even further. I mean, Nintendo once innovated with a gimmicky control idea when they invented the D-pad. So, yeah. You know, they they've always just been, you know, doing hardware a little bit different than everyone and you know, it, it doesn't always stick when they throw it at the wall, but they've come up with a lot of great ideas along the way. <laughs> yep. Pack it up, go home. Um yeah, just to touch on mobile gaming a little more. <laughs> uh, I think it's it's 
beautiful, actually, that uh, a Time contributor wrote an article ranking their top ten uh, video games for the year. And the top spot was an iOS game called Prune, which is basically you swipe on your your uh, iPhone screen and you prune a tree and you try to you know make the tree healthier so it'll grow and it'll you know blossom in the sunlight. And it's this such this such a simple concept with very simple controls, and some it, it touched someone so much that they were you know bold enough to rank that as their top game of the year. And had these sorts of non-games like Wii Sports, like a lot of people, I, that, that game is like pure game, but so many people saw it as a non-game. Uh, and had it not paved the way for that sort of thing to become recognized, I don't, I don't think people would have appreciated uh, mobile as a platform for gaming as much as they do now. excited to see what they do, not just with their IP, but with new IP on mobile, because it's, it's a good space for it, and with their focus on controls and, and getting the feel of the controls just right, I think it's a great space for them to be in. So, my next one, it, it's another thing that um, Nintendo has you know put a lot of effort into that other companies really either don't really do at all or do very little, and that's backwards compatibility. And, you know, it, it may come at the cost of, uh, you know, not really innovating in terms of hardware specs going forward. You know, Nintendo kind of just, you know, takes the same processors and beefs them up a little bit. But, you know, the trade-off, it's for Nintendo fans, and, you know, Nintendo's never really been that graphics-focused anyway, so you don't necessarily need top-of-the-line hardware. You know, it's just nice as a Nintendo fan that when the new console comes out, you know, you can you can trade in your old console, your own handheld, get a little money towards, you know, the new system, and you don't have to trade in any of your games, so you don't have to worry as much about a game drought, because you've still got, you know, your whole old library to play through while you, you know, wait for exciting new games to come out, and you can just mess around with the features and play your old library and the launch games, and, you know, it's just not something that's really offered on other consoles you know it's 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 a huge commitment to step up to the next generation if you you know can't afford to do so without uh selling your old console and that's just not something you really have to worry about with nintendo yeah yeah i know a lot of people are saying you know they should ditch power pc and move to something else even though that would break the whole backward compatibility thing uh luckily though we have seen nintendo talking a lot more about finding other alternative ways to achieve compatibility uh, i know I forget who it was, but someone on the hardware team talked about virtualization, uh, which is basically the idea that you can create a virtual machine and you don't necessarily have to have the same hardware specs. Uh, so I'd love to see... It's sort of what, like what Xbox uh, One is doing with Xbox 360 games where they're just recompiled uh, to run on different hardware than they were originally coded for. Um, so... You know, that may be something that we see going forward, and at the same time, they'll finally break from their old hardware paradigms. Like, they don't have to be mutually exclusive things. Well, and then also, along with uh, game backwards compatibility, has been, to some extent, controller backwards compatibility. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, was, I was actually surprised how grateful I was for the fact that I could use pretty much all my old controllers on Wii U, including my GameCube controllers. 
Yeah, I mean, GameCube's, yeah. it should have been more ubiquitous for sure, but the fact that they had a solution at all was just kind of amazing to me. Right, and you know, in in 2015, like, controllers are pretty expensive now, so, you know, if you want to buy a new console and you've got, you know, uh, multiple multiple people living in your house or you want to have friends over or whatever, you know, it can, it can cost a couple hundred bucks just to make sure that everyone's playing, so, like I said, along with the game backwards compatibility, just being allowed to bring up most of your controllers from, from console to console is just a blessing that we sort of take for granted as Nintendo fans that, you know, maybe uh, other console gamers don't don't have that opportunity. <laughs> I have a friend that you say you're the only one in the world. I have a friend actually who plays with the rear mount sideways. He doesn't even use the nunchuck. Yep, yep. It's real. Same here. <laughs> I can't either. I'm too. It, the the stick movements are just too ingrained in my brain. Uh, also, I hate tap to jump. Hate it. Um, Same here. But I think it's Colin's turn. <laughs> Usually. Yeah, they don't they don't put out broken games. And I'd say in general the the gameplay cores themselves, the game the things the game revolves around are almost always very polished. thing I'm thankful for is that when Nintendo goes for games with scale, they don't fall into the copy-paste trap. Um, I've played some Skyrim, uh, like most people who've played Skyrim, I've not finished it. 
I played a little bit of Fallout 4, uh, but I, then I traded it in for Tearaway, which is probably the best decision I've ever made. Uh, yeah, and I played it. We would be crucified. It, the rest of the podcast would be about my, my trading in Fallout 4. Um, and, and yet, like, you look at the games like those uh, where they're very sort of... I don't want to say Fallout is copy-paste because I haven't explored enough of it, but it's very sort of by the numbers. Uh, and yet when Nintendo goes scale, you look at games like Zelda where there's basically no copy-paste. Uh, not anymore, anyway. There was a little while in the N64 era where the caves were kind of the same. Um, or a game like Xenoblade Chronicles X in particular, which a lot of people are saying has probably one of the more impressive open worlds this gen, despite being on Wii U of all platforms. Uh, and there's just so much handicraft and and uh, love that goes into the worlds that they're making that you don't see in a lot of these other large world games. And, and I would love to see them tackle bigger scale uh, and, the, and the challenge of making that work. So uh, my next thing I'm thankful for is just the way Nintendo has always been so good at handheld gaming. And we've touched on some of these points, like you know innovation with uh, the DS touchscreen and things like that, or you know we got um, stereoscopic 3D on the 3DS, even if that wasn't uh, quite as popular or anything. But um, and then there's the backwards compatibility factor with Game Boy Advance being able to play your old you know Game Boy and Game Boy Color games and so on and so forth. So there's you know a lot of things that we've already discussed that just you know make the handheld gaming experience great for Nintendo. But there's also the fact that. Uh, with the exception of 3DS's pricey launch, which was, you know, pretty quickly corrected, Nintendo is just always, they've known that you have to make your handhelds affordable, you know, that you, you gotta, and that's, that's not something we've seen from the competition, like the, the Sega, uh, Game Gear back in the 90s, that was like $250, I think, as was the PSP, as was the Vita, and Nintendo is really the one company that has shown that they know, you know, how to, how to put out a handheld device, how to make it affordable, and then how to support it with quality games for years to come. Because that's, with the exception of the PSP, just about, and even that to an extent, but just about every other handheld has had the problem where you got to pay so much money up front to get this thing that's got, you know, a decent processor and better graphics than you'd expect on a handheld, but then it doesn't come up with, with enough games and, and uh, you know, the support just continues to fade. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's a whole other story. But it's it's just another it's another thing where you just sort of take it for granted as a, as a Nintendo fan that oh I can get this handheld for you know a hundred to one hundred and fifty bucks and there's going to be multiple good games for it every year and that's that's something that you really can't take for granted on any other you know handheld gaming device. Not even a pattern. We can add a handle. 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 
And, you know, uh, along with uh, just, you know, being able to play, you know, your old games, um, the way the handhelds have evolved alongside the games. And I think you can see this best with Pokemon, where, you know, the original ones were, you know, you had to hook up with the link cable, but they wanted to, you know, get you together with friends. And, then, you know, with each new uh, each new Nintendo handheld, they come up with new ways to take those, those classic ideas of how do we get people, you know, together? How do we get people walking around with their handhelds to, you know, hook up and trade Pokemon and battle and things like that? And, you know, we've seen with each generation, they kind of take the same principles and just make them bigger and better as they've worked in wireless features and things like that. Yeah. really a household name. Yeah, very lovable. Uh, my wife has never played a Pokemon game in her life, but she saw a adorable little happy Pikachu cookie jar or piggy bank or something at Target, and was like, we have, we must take it home, and it's <laughs> sitting on our bookshelf. So, yeah, and the Nintendo Hello Kitty, basically. Um, 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to have a chat with Lauren. Yeah, I'm thinking of suggesting she try the red and blue when they come out. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Is this is this the meeting where you're gonna force Fallout Four down my throat? Force. Bill. Bill. <laughs> I miss Bill Nye. Yeah, well, name recognition. Um, oh. Oh, that one. <laughs> they just ripped off Bill Nye. Um, <laughs> I'll admit I didn't pay too close attention to those skits. Um, man, I have to think of something else now. Alex isn't thankful for her many things. No, I have... I have no... Those are my three great things. Yeah. Yeah, so Alex said that uh, touching story about uh, Wind Waker earlier. You know, I should have topped it. I should have come up with this back then, but, you know, uh, Zelda's actually been very important to me, too. It's my favorite franchise, and I've been a you know, huge fan for years and years. A Link to the Past is probably one of the first video games I've played, if not the first. Um, and it's actually the reason why I got into writing. It's the reason why I'm at Gamnesia today, is because I was a little nerd in high school uh, writing out Zelda theories and uh, that's that's just how I ended up uh, getting to writing and eventually finding this site and um, one of the coolest things about this was uh, at E3 last year I got to interview uh, Eiji Onuma the producer of Zelda so that was you know that's I'm definitely thankful for that that was uh, kind of like a lifelong dream come true I did I did <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing about this news from Ben. Yeah, I think I, I think I shot you a text like pretty much right after we got out of the meeting. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a fun moment. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go ahead and throw my my hat in that ring as well. Um, Zelda has been super important to me. I actually met my wife on a Zelda online internet discussion forum, uh, the same place where I met. Same place where I met Ben, actually. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, uh, from there I went to Zelda Informer. Uh, from there I went to a bunch of other ventures and ended up getting a writing gig based on my experiences there uh, at a company you know, close to home. Uh, so Zelda's been a life changer for me, really, when you think about it. Um, Um... Mm-hmm. 
have yeah. I have another one, but I'll save it for last because it's it needs to be last. Oh God! No, no, no! That's not a sarcastic "Oh God." That's a like, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Oh God! Right, right. That's the like he touches so many things that I'm thankful for. Oh God! Yeah, I mean, what what fanfare do you remember from gaming that's that's you know earlier than something Koji Kondo wrote? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember the it. Only, like off the top of my head, the only iconic tune I could think of that would maybe be pre Koji Kondo was like Tetris. Yeah. I mean, I suppose. It's not so much a fanfare, though. Yeah, they they ripped it from uh, Mother Russia. Oh, that's right. Pac-Man kind of has a song, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, very iconic nonetheless, but it's it's nothing on the level of, of, of the condo. So, yeah, I have saved a really sweet one for last. I am thankful for the NES. I know Nintendo made games before the NES, but NES was really the tipping point. It was really the moment where Nintendo games were not just fun and people and popular, but actually like part of part of mainstream culture, like part of part of gaming forever. You know. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phenomenon is the word. Right, and you know, the gaming history could have been very different if NES hadn't launched and been as successful if it was, as it was with those early titles like Mario, because, you know, it, it came out right after a big industry crash where people didn't really have a lot of faith in the industry and there wasn't really any proven leader. It was just a, a big old crapshoot. And Nintendo, with the NES, they kind of just restored faith in video games as a, as a form of entertainment that could actually be profitable and relevant. Well, I look at, you know, how 
Yeah, and NES, I, I know PC had done this a little bit too, but NES was really the first time for a lot of people that they played a game that really kind of told a story or had a world or th that they could get lost in. Because uh, I know in the arcades, for example, a lot of the screens were static, so you didn't have scrolling, so you couldn't really have a world. Uh, NES changed that with Super Mario Brothers. Um, Legend of Zelda is probably one of the first big games with an actual, like, backstory that a lot of people remember. And the ability to save. Um, and the ability to save, right. Like, so many things about the whole immersion factor and the evolution of games as storytelling came on the NES. Yeah, I mean, I saved that for last on purpose because it, it sort of is the first. Uh, and without that, none of, the re none of the rest of these could have been possible. All right. Well, it looks like it's about wrapping up. So thank you, everybody, so much for listening, especially, uh, you know, considering the circumstances now this week. But this is the end of Nintendo Week for today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or subscribe to us on YouTube at Gamnesia TV for bite-sized discussions from the show. And please head to iTunes to leave us a review. It really helps with visibility, so we greatly appreciate it. Uh, we're at about, I think, 42 reviews now. Uh, thank you guys so much for your support. That's something else we're grateful for. And uh, for those of you who want to keep it coming, uh, please consider. Thank you very much. And if you have feedback for Nintendo Week, uh, which, by the way, if those of you who keep sending it in, thank you very much. I know I'm not replying, but I'm reading all of them, and it, it, it's very helpful for sort of helping us uh, get a sense for, for what we can do going forward. So thank you very much. Uh, but if you have any more, please send it to colin at gamnesia.com. That's C-O-L-I-N at G-A-M-N-E-S-I-A. Or you can find me on Twitter at Colin McIsaac, M-C-I-S-A-A-C. Uh, and remember to send in your questions about Nintendo, about our show. We love engaging with you guys, and we read them and talk about them here on the show when uh, the opportunities arise. So it's a great way to get involved. Uh, again, that's Colin at Gamnesia.com and at Colin McIsaac. If you can't wait till next week for more of our stuff, you can head to Gamnesia.com to see more gaming news as it happens. We've got Sony, Microsoft, Indie, you name it, and tons of Nintendo news that we didn't discuss on this week's episode. Uh, and because we had such a, a Thanksgiving-focused week, uh, I'd love to invite you guys to share your own thoughts about what you're thankful for about Nintendo. So uh, head over to our site and let us know what you're thankful for.